Hello and welcome to the Gelsnet podcast, the independent Rangers podcast made for fans by fans and where the content is absolutely free. Please share the podcast where you can and give us a like on our social media platforms. You can also head over to um, our website and have a look at the, the forums there. Um, we're chatting all things Rangers. I'm your host, David Ren. We're coming to you tonight uh, live after yet another victory in um, the Scottish Premiership today. It's a 2-1 victory over Dundee United at Tanaday Schools from James Tavernier and Conor Goldson. Giving us a win. Another good performance for the team. No real negative being that we, we didn't get more goals in the game, make it a bit more convincing, but it keeps an unbeaten run going in the league uh, nine wins in a row and 26 games unbeaten in all competitions. Uh, we'll take a look at today's game and I'll follow from it and also have a look at uh, Thursday's win over Lech Poznan, um, which saw us top our Europa League group, gain a seeded spot in tomorrow's draw for the last 32. We'll also have a look at the teams we can face um, potentially going forward in that competition. So joining me to go through all that tonight is Colin Armstrong and David Fraser. Colin, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, David. Uh, very well. Another good result today. I mean, it felt a wee bit uh, squeaky bum time at, at moments during it, but I, I think I think it's just because we're emotionally involved in it, you know, and we're, we're a wee bit fearfully dropping points and stuff like that. I think if you were looking at that game as a neutral today, you would you would say that Rangers thoroughly deserved the win and and probably could have won by more and should have won by more. But uh, always a tricky place to go, Tannadice. Uh, it's always good to get it up, Jim Spence. So, aye, happy days. Aye, very good. Uh, David, welcome back. Um, happy happy days at the moment. Evening, David. Evening, Colin. Evening, listeners. Yep, uh, undoubtedly happy days. Another good week in Rangers land. Uh, another good performance in midweek, followed up by three points uh, this afternoon. So, uh, it's all looking good. Um, we'll move on quickly, so we've got quite a lot to go through tonight in terms of today's game and, and Europe. But, Colin, I think there's only one place to, to really start. Um, now, I don't know, I don't know about, about everyone else, but during this this sort of behind closed doors football scenario, I kind of struggle. I, I, I love I love watching the games and I still enjoy them as much. But when I, when goals go in, I sort of struggle to to really um, react as much as I normally would at a game. But that that goal today certainly I was out my I was out my seat. Um, I couldn't quite believe uh, the free kick had gone in from that range. But but Colin, I mean, in terms of Tavernier this season, I mean he's. He's been absolutely magnificent. I mean, we don't have to go over again how many goals and assists he's got, how, how important he's been. But I mean, in terms of that goal, it was just quite extraordinary. I, I mean, I, I mean, a free kick that I always remember fondly is Davy Cooper's free kick at the Skull Cup final in 1987. And I've always kind of held that one as the, the best free kick I've seen for a Rangers player. The, the only one that sort of maybe... Could be argued that beats it was was Alberts against Celtic in, in an early game a few weeks uh, sorry a few years back, but that the day that that is that's other level stuff I think that 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 is probably the best free kick I've seen from a Rangers player. I mean when we got the free kick again, I was sitting watching the game with my son, and he sort of said, "Oh, sort of, you know," it, it indicated he sort of suggested that uh, Borna was going to have a crack, and I was like, "No, that's too far out, son. They'll, they'll, they'll never hit it for there." And sure enough, you know, I mean, I mean, the, the way he hit it, I mean, I think the best view of it is the view you get of the goal, you know, facing the goal, you, you see how high the ball goes. I mean, it must be three or four yards over the bar and then the dip just at the end. And and as, you know, they said in commentary that, you know, the Runge United keeper, he's like six foot three, six foot four. You couldn't argue that his positioning was, was that bad. And he can't get it. It's just, it's a phenomenal strike. And I would actually, I mean, we've all been going on about roof strike uh, against Standard Liège a few weeks ago. I think in terms of, you know, techni you know, technical ability, 
and the technique that that today is is a harder thing to do. I I think a, a lot of players could have done what Roof done. I mean, I know, I know he'd, he'd carried the ball from the edge of his own box and 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 you know uh, rode a few challenges and and then just hit it. But you know, I argued at the time that if you see the keepers out of goal, if you hit it right and it's on target, you're in with a chance. I think a lot of players could do that. I don't think many players could have do, uh, do, done what, what James Tavernier done today. It's it's just it's it's, it's beyond words. It's it's an incredible goal, and uh, aye, it was it was great to see. But it, it means that I wasn't there. I mean, I've always argued that I was there when, yeah, you know, the best free kick I've ever seen with Rangers. You know, that day and and at the, the, the League Cup final, I wasn't there the day. So that's that wee record gone. But aye, what a time! Absolutely brilliant. Just on just on that calling on that point. I would actually say that one of the best free kicks I've seen by a Rangers player was also Tavernier. Do you remember that game against Hibs at, at Ibrox? I think when he was out of the corner. That was unbelievable, actually. Yeah, I was there that day as well. And he scored a cracker against Celtic. It was, it was quite similar. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, when it comes to a dead ball, he knows how to hit them. And and unlike Borner, you know, Borner seems to be... A f- if it's in the width of the goal, they'll have a crack. Whereas Tavan here, if it's out at the corners, he can still have a crack. Yeah, I mean, as you said earlier on, we've, we've kind of went on already this season about just how exceptional Tavan has been. And, you know, we've been quite critical on, on this show. I mean, I personally have been quite critical of him. Questioned whether he was up to being a Rangers captain. You know, he's answered all that this year. He's answered all his critics. The, the level of performance... I think from all the players is has been superb, but there's there's one or two that have, have really, you know, led the way, and 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 Tavernier is one of them. Probably Goldson's another as well. Uh, so I mean, it's just it's a level of performance. I mean, what's that? 13, 14 goals he's got. It's just it's ridiculous for a right back. Yeah, David, just just on we'll, we'll stay on Tavernier briefly um, because I think it's. You know, it's been quite an incredible season, as we mentioned, but I will, I will preface this with, you know, I, I've probably always been a, a big fan of Tavernier myself, personally, but I have found myself, even this season, being quite surprised by how much I am uh, falling in love with him week on week. Uh, have you been surprised by his impact, or do you think that, you know, it's all been leading up to this, and you know this. This was always what he was going to become for us. This is his sixth season uh, at Ibrox, and to my mind, he's he's improved season on season, David. Um, since since the, the current management team came in, I've seen his his defensive capability improve season on season. Uh, but undoubtedly, he's. He, it just seems that every facet of his game is, you know, if he's operating at, you know, in the ninety percent in terms of his his percentage hit rate, it's his it, his level of form is. I'm, I'm struggling to, to recall another player that uh, is has put together such a, a consistent run of form for as long as James Tavernier has this season. Uh, I think you could apply that to the whole side, but. But I, I mean, he's, I know people have often quoted his, his numbers, and that's the you know the, the new buzz phrase, his numbers. But uh, his contribution to this to this side is, is is tremendous. I mean, I, I think he ranks in, in number one in, in a lot of facets of the team's play, and uh, he's obviously he, he must be a dedicated professional. I mean, the manager doesn't say that for nothing. Um, more often than not. His, his fitness and his availability for selection. I, I, him and Connor Goldson, have they missed a game since since Stephen Gerrard became manager of the, the club? Um, I can't recall Tavernier being out injured. Um, maybe, maybe he has, maybe he's, maybe he's, he's, you know, he's dropped in at the bench for a rest on the odd occasion. I know, that, I know that's certainly been the case, but you know, certainly it, it was on, on Thursday night. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, as Colin said, there he's, people have questioned whether he was captain material, but uh, I mean, this season, if, if anyone um, that's, that's Rangers inclined uh, has any you know doubts over his suitability to be the Rangers captain, I think that they must surely be 
um, the spell because he's, his example is phenomenal. He's, he's always fit. He plays to a very high level. He, he contributes uh, in chance creation. He's, he's defending is, 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 is up there. Um, because the, the back line's uh, defensive record uh, suggests that you know they're all playing well, and he's obviously part of that. But um, to, to score his 17th goal of the season today, um, and he shows no sign of stopping, if you ask me. Well, in, in terms of Tavernier, do you know, as a sellable asset, which you probably would be counted as, you know, within our squad, and certainly I, I think, you know, his form is has been quite widely um, recognised, you know, across a lot of media in in the UK. Would you be concerned? I wouldn't say just any club, you know, coming in from, but there has been rumours of interest from Leeds, who obviously are the team he supported growing up. I think he said that in a few different interviews um, since in his time at Rangers. Would it be a concern that if Leeds, for instance, came in in January? With a reasonable offer, that that it could be decision to make for for the club and for Tavernier himself. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think maybe in the summer, if you know, I, I, I think the club stated recently and when they published their annual report and accounts that you know there was there was four or five assets there that would have to be moved on, and I think Dave King pretty much said the same thing. I mean, I know Dave King officially isn't connected with the club anymore out, outside of. You know, being a, a shareholder, you know, he's not making a decision in the boardroom or anything like that. But, you know, he'll have some insight. And I, I think it's obvious that Rangers will be looking to move a few players on in the summer. If, if, if one of those is Tavernier, then, you know, we, hopefully we would, we would get the money and it would, you know, he would command given his current form. Uh, but I, I, I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd, Given where he started, I mean, I think David said there he'd been there. He's, he's been at Ibrox for six years now. He came when we were in the in the, the, the first division, you know, and we've, we've not won a major trophy. I think Rangers are too close to that now, and that would be that would be a journey and a half that Tavernier has taken. You know, he came in at that stage when when Warburton took over, got us out of the championship, you know, and in, in the, the first couple of years in the, the top tier again, you know, we weren't much fun. We were getting battered left, right, and centre. You know, to, to to come in, get us out of the championship, get us through that first couple of years in the the, the the top tier again and lead us to trophies. That's a bit of a story that and I think, you know, the, the lure of the premiership and the, the, the salary that he would probably command down there, you know, it's a, it's a higher profile league. Uh, he would obviously be playing in, you know, bigger fixtures, bigger grounds, bigger crowds when fans are allowed back in. It's all very attractive, but I don't think he would want to do that come January. No, I think if if any player, I, I can't see any player, any major player going out the door in, in January, considering where we are at the moment. I think if there's any business to be done, it'll be done in a, it'll be done in a, the summer. Sorry, my daughter just walked into the the, the kitchen there, knocked me off. It'll be done in the summer. Yeah, um, David. Just moving on <clears throat> from Tavernley, that obviously got got things started today, but. What did you make of the game as a whole? Because obviously <clears throat> it probably wasn't the most swashbuckling of displays that we've seen this season, but the team showed a different sort of side, especially um, the way they reacted to, to the equaliser. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a facet of Rangers game of late, David, in the sense that the players don't seem to be panicked. Um, Dundee United obviously set out their stall that they were going to um, from two banks up five basically in front of the goalkeeper and would close down space. They would allow Rangers to have the ball, but they would, they would close down space in the final third and effectively make it, or try and make it difficult for Rangers to play through. And I think they were, they were pretty successful in that. There weren't too many clear-cut chances uh, in that first half. Um, and that's borne out by the, the fact that two goals were that Rangers scored were, were set pieces. But... Um, Aye, the, 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 if you could level criticism at, at the Rangers side, it was it was a wee bit laboured in terms of the, the tempo. Um, but having said that, when you're when you're playing against a side that are making it difficult for you, it's, it's all very very well in saying that you know the, the passing could be quicker. Um, having said that, you know obviously they the, they got the the opener through James's tremendous free kick. Uh, and then United go up and 
score a, a very good goal. Um, certainly, if, if we've been picky and you know the staff are, are going over it in terms of video analysis and, and tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning, whatever the case may be. Um, and I think James said it in his, his post-match comments that there was, um, you know, he maybe could have stopped across coming in. I think Stephen Gerrard made mention of the fact that that, that Borna could maybe have, uh, you know, certain crosses he could have blocked coming into the box. But I, I think that the, the the level of of play that we are producing, um, as I say, we, we don't seem to be panicked. Um, we seem to have a, a gear or two to go into, um, but the, the most pleasing aspect for me is that we don't we don't need a goal to kind of jolt us into action. You know, to, we don't need to concede a goal to jolt us into action. And on top of that, I th- one of the, the most pleasing aspects of a Rangers' defence of what this term has been the fact that they've limited other teams in terms of their chance creation, and that obviously gives you a, a foundation to. Know, keeping clean sheets. So, yeah, I thought today um, could have potentially been a banana skin after uh, Thursday night. Obviously, with the changes that Stevie made on Thursday night, that you know, the, the, the kind of more settled eleven were more likely to to feature today, and that was born out to be the case. But I don't think that you know we can have any complaints. We went to Tannadice the first time we've been there. We've, we've played up there in about nearly eight years. I think it was. February 13 was the, the, the cup game when we get beat when Johnny Russell scored a couple of goals, if I remember rightly. So, you know, a t- tricky place to go traditionally, certainly of late, and uh, we got the job done, and that's that's the main thing. You know, getting the three points in the bag, back down the road, we can recover and look forward to a, a League Cup quarter-final against St Mun. Yeah. Um, Colin, you... Said off air, you know, there was a bit of anxiety going into this game, and I sort of felt the same. There was something about it just, just gave me the fear a wee bit, and I don't know why. I think it was just maybe the history of Tannadice, and it historically, I suppose, been a, a tough place to go. But I mean, team came through with flying colours, but do you know, is is that to do with um, the choice of mug that you, you drank? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was the same. I mean, we were speaking off air that I, I, I bought a, a mug two or three weeks ago. It's like a Rangers mug. It's like a replica kit for 1987. It's like the away kit for 1987. And when I got it yesterday, I suddenly realised that I couldn't drink it because I've been drinking it the same mug since we've been winning this season. So I bought this Rangers mug and it's sitting in the cupboard and I'm not going to touch it until the end of the season. But uh, I was the same as you, David. I woke up this morning and I just... There was just something. I don't know what it was. And the more I think about it, I, I think maybe, you know, Celtic's result on Thursday in Europe has maybe got something about it. You know, maybe a wee feeling that they've turned a corner a wee bit and we were going to Tanadice, which is traditionally quite a tricky place to go. Uh, and relations between the two clubs have been, you know, pretty sour for a long time now and, and they would love to put one over on us. So I, I think that there was just a, a lot of st- stuff like that in the background that just gave me the fear. So when Tavernier scored, uh, you know, you relax a wee bit. Uh, when they equalised, uh, it's just like, oh, here we go. You know, this is it's just going to be one of those days. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm like David. I think, I, I said it at the time, I, I put a tweet out at the time that, you know, we've, we've let a sort of bad cross into the box. And it's not the first time, you know, it happened against uh, Standard Lays a couple of weeks ago. You know, we've let two bad balls into the box and, and, and they've scored from that. So uh, I I don't know if I would be overly critical of Tav. I actually think Borna, when when the ball comes over, I, I, to me he defended it like, what can he what can he do? You know, it's it's too tricky a ball. He's just going to hit it, and and uh, I, I don't know if you noticed when the ball went into the net, Goldson's his reaction, he's he's, he's angry, but he, he sort of seemed to be aiming it at, at Borna as if you know you could have closed him down a wee bit better. So it was a disappointing goal to concede, but you know it's. Yeah, I've seen a few people today on Twitter saying that, you know, we found a way and, you know, we, we dug in when we weren't playing that well. I actually disagree with that. I thought Rangers played pretty well today. I mean, we were discussing, sorry, discussing off air before we come on. There was a stat came up in the first half, like we had 91% possession or something like that. Second half was one-way traffic. Dundee United just could not get out. You know, any time they broke up one of their attacks, it, it kind of got to the halfway line and then we went again. 
I think it felt more nervy today because we didn't take our chances. You know, we've had a right few good chances. That one that Ruth put in for Morelos, I think he should score. You know, Arfield's had that one that's uh, been headed off the line. He sort of had that corner kick, the header that kind of hit the post and ricocheted off the keeper and went wide. Uh, Morelos had a fresh air swipe. You know, we have had a right good, a right few good chances today. And, and if we'd taken uh, one of those and, and just put a wee bit of distance between us and Dungeon United, I think it would have felt a more relaxed victory than it did. You know, and then, and then up until the last minute, we got a free kick and sort of the 92nd minute or something like that, and they're just lumping it into the box, and you're sitting there, you know, your, your ass is knitting buttons, so to speak, but we got the job done, and it's maybe the sort of game two or three years ago where we wouldn't have got the job done, so there's, there's a lot to be positive about, and, you know, we've got the opportunity to extend the points difference again next week because Celtic are in the cup final. Now, I know it gives them another game in hand, but if we get the points on the board, it puts pressure on them to win those games. So we're in a good position. It felt a wee bit nervy today, but uh, lots to be happy about, I think. Yeah, I think I think one player from <clears throat> today's game that we probably have to speak about, um, having gone through the positives of, of today's performance, but... Uh, you know, Alfredo Morelos, it's, it's been an interesting few weeks um, in that he's gained quite a lot of plaudits for his sort of work off the ball and his new role, I suppose, in this sort of, you know, coming coming short to, to receive the ball from the midfield. But, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that today um, David, he, he missed, you know, a few chances and, and a few clear-cut chances at that. What, you know... What do you think the issue with him is, is at the moment? And also, is it, you know, that he's just low in confidence or is it that, I don't know, is, is something in the summer affecting him? Definitely want to put your finger on it, David. Um, he's undoubtedly low in confidence. Uh, he could be doing me with a goal. Uh, but his, his role on the sides obviously changed. Um, whether that's playing a major impact or not, I'd, I'm not too sure because when season's gone by, Alfie was one of the first names in the team sheet. He knew that. He had that security and peace of mind in knowing that. That may well have contributed to how his, his, um, his demeanour when it comes to you know these disciplinary issues, shall we say. Um, but he's He's no longer the main man. Uh, that may well be impacting on his uh, his mindset. Um, that said, you know the, the more he snatches at some of these chances, the harder it's going to be. And he's you know he's, he's not the first Ranger striker to get through a very good Ranger striker at that to get through a, a lean spell. Um, it's it's one of those ones where you, you you're thinking right should we take him at the side. Uh, but we're, we're, we're presumably looking to move him on in the summer. Um, so we're only going to cut our nose off to spite our face if we, if we drop him indefinitely. Uh, I don't think he's, he's, his overall play is worthy of being dropped. However, having said that, we've, we've, got some, you know, we've got some capable guys in the squad that can come in and perform that role. So uh, I, I, look, you know, I think the lad needs a, a goal or two. Um, I think he could do with scoring an important winner um, if you were to, you know, splat hairs. And, uh, but it's, it's, aye, the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be for him. And, and it's, it's going to be a, a test of how Stevie views him, whether he, he takes him out of the starting lineup for, you know, maybe two games in the trot to, to maybe take the pressure off him and ease him back in. But, you know, you I wouldn't be surprised if he started the game against St. Mern. Having said that, you possibly wouldn't be surprised if Jermaine Defoe or Cedric Eaton started the game. So I just hope that he, that he, he turns a corner, David, sooner rather than later. Because um, even though we know we're, we're waxing lyrical about how the, you know we've got other players playing in the team, stepping up to the plate, and despite me just saying that, I, I think that the, the team is the star this season. Um, but... I think Alan McCoy's mentioned in, in today's commentary. If, uh, if Alfie and to a lesser extent Ryan Kent start to fire and start to fire the net, you know the, the rest of the league better look out. Yeah, Colin. Just looking at keep st staying on my for a minute. 
I actually thought today that he started the game quite well. I thought, you know, his link-up play was good. I thought he looked interested. Um, and then you have the incident with, with Connolly, which, you know, has had quite a lot of coverage. But regardless of what people think it was, it, it was a yellow card. It was a, it was a needless challenge. Um, and to be booked so early on in the game just seemed a bit, un, you know, it, it seemed to be going back to the days when he would do that regularly um, and to be fair to me hasn't done it a lot recently but that sort of you know started a, a bit of a you know digression I suppose uh, sorry not digression you know decreasing his performance levels after that um, what did you what did you make of that incident first of all because that's something that's been, been well documented today since the game and also what did you make of his performance beyond that that point in the game I mean, the, the incident itself, the, the elbow, he's, he's lucky to stay in the park, I reckon. I think it's a bad one. Uh, I, I think I heard today it's been a year since his he's last red card. So, you know, he has kind of worked on these things. I mean, I know we had the, the early suspension of the season, so we, we, we didn't complete the season last year. But, I mean, this year, uh, you know, the, 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 there hasn't been as much of that in his game. I, I think if... There was a crowd in today. It would have been off, you know, because the the, the Dungeon United fans would have reacted to that. Yeah, I think no fans been in there has taken the heat out of some incidents, not just with Morelos, just in general. Uh, however, I, th I thought he was lucky today, and that's the thing that angered me most about his performance today. In terms of his his overall form, you know, he has been asked to do a different job, and you know, he's dropping deeper and linking up the play and all the rest of it. And, and people are sort of saying that that's the reason why he's not scoring so much. I think when, when Steven Gerrard and, and Michael Beale and, and, and yeah, the management team, you know, devised this new system and this new role for Morelos, I still think they would have expected him to be scoring goals. But as David's pointed out, you know, loads of strikers go through periods where they don't score goals. Uh, the man on commentary today, McCoy, famously done it at the start of his career. You know, he, could, he couldn't buy a goal. And he turned out okay. So, I mean, I think we have to be careful not to go in too heavy on Morelos, you know, because he served as well. I mean, he frustrates the hell out of me at times. But, you know, he's, he's scored a lot of goals for us. He's, you know, he's, he's record in Europe's, you know, he's, he's, he's the, the top goal scorer in European football for the club. So, you know, I, we can be critical, but I think we have to be wary about going in too heavy on him. Uh, I, I think he needs a goal. I think that's obvious. He, he needs something. I think David's got a point in terms of, you know, the way the team plays now. You know, he is no longer the main man, and maybe that has has, has affected his confidence. So, I mean, hopefully he'll get scoring again because I think I think David's right, and I think as I said, it was McCoy that said it today. I mean, Ryan Kent isn't firing in all cylinders at the moment as well. You know, I, but you're getting work rate out of the two of them. Uh, so hopefully they do. They, they start scoring soon. I felt today, I must admit, because of that elbow early on, I thought, given his performance midweek, I thought he would, Gerard would have maybe brought Eaton on at half time, you know, and just not risk eh, Morelos getting sent off. So I was a wee bit surprised that he didn't bring Eaton on earlier, but, you know, I, I, I don't think we, we should be dropping Morelos just yet or, or, or chastising him too much, you know what I mean? He's struggling. It, 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 as I said, he frustrates the hell out of me. His, his attitude bugs me at times when he comes off and he's, you know, he's back the dummy and he's sitting there with his face trapping him. I don't think that helps himself eh, or the, the sort of headlines that surround him. But, you know, I, I don't want to go in too heavy on him because we were praised him when he scored. I mean, this time last year, he was a top man and we were, we were loving him. He's struggling a wee bit now and maybe he just needs a bit of support rather than, eh, you know, going in on him too heavy. But yeah, it does frustrate me. And that, the, the incident at the start was a wee sort of Morelos of old, you know, getting needlessly involved. And it could have endangered the win. You know, if, if, if he did get the red card, you know, what was it, five minutes into the game? You know, we're in mm. trouble then. You know, to, we're, we're facing Dungeon United at Tannadice uh, for 85 minutes with, with, with 10 men. So that annoyed me today because it was needless. Everyone's been going well and something like that could have, you know, throwing a span on the box a wee bit, but it didn't. We got the result, so, you know, we move forward. Oh, and I'll just stay with you on this, just on the on that topic of Morellas. You and I spent a lot of time, about this time last year, on these shows talking about him specifically and, you know, his um, input to the team at that point, which was unbelievable, really. And we'd spent a lot of time talking, I mean, 
show after show, we would speak about Morelos, the, the, the chances of someone coming in from in January, coming in from in the summer, how much he would go for. And as David makes a good point there in, in the sense of, you know, he isn't the main man, he isn't the only player in the team anymore. Uh, not that he was last season, but he certainly was the one that was getting most of the headlines. Where do you place that now? Do you see it as a as such a, a given that he he would leave and be, you know, um, command a big fee? I mean, I think he'll go at some point, and I still think he'll command a, a big fee. I think the Rangers have got uh, a lot to bring to the table, and they seemed, you know, there was, there was talk of was it Leo that were in from in the summer, and he didn't go because Rangers stuck to their valuation. So I don't think I think the days of Rangers selling players for you know for less than their actual value are gone. I think we have people at the club that have a strategy in place, you know, and it's bring them in cheap and sell them on high. So, I, I mean, in terms of the value that we'd get from Morelos, I still think we would command a good fee. I mean, his performances in Europe, you just need to point to the amount of goals he scored in the Europa League. And, you know, if, you know, if there's questions made about, you know, his performances over the last sort of six, seven months, you just say, well, he's been a little bit unsettled and this has been going on and that's going on. I mean, his valuation has maybe went down, but not a huge amount, I don't think. And what did we pay from? 1 million, 1.5 million? I mean, even if we get 10, 15 million from him, you know, it's still an incredible bit of business. So, yeah, I mean, you, you don't want the, the, the current situation to rumble on too long in case, you know, it, it gets to a position where they do have to take him out of the team and bring Eaton in or whatever. But no, I think if he does go, and I think he will eventually, I, I think I think it's fairly obvious that he himself, you know, wants a crack at a, a sort of bigger league. I still think we'll get a decent fee from him. I think, think we'll make a huge profit on Morelos. So, yeah, the current situation isn't perfect with Morelos, I don't think, but I'm not overly concerned about it because one, we're not as reliant on him as we once were. Uh, and two, uh, I still think he'll command a, a decent fee if and when he goes. Just, just on Colin's point there, David, um, and, and sort of I touched on it earlier as well, but, you know, last season around this time, we did a lot of these shows and a lot of it was talking about Morelos for quite a lot of the time and, and the goals he was scoring, the impact he was making. Now it's considerably different. And we'll come on, I'm going to go into a few points on this, but first of all, you know, it, it seems like we just have a much better more settled squad than we did this team last year. You know, we're a, we're a much stronger side. Although the stats perhaps lean towards us having a similar start to the season this time, you know, we're still showing a lot more in our firepower than, than I think personally we did have uh, around this time last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the, the goals are spread throughout the side. I mean, in past seasons, um, Alfie was undoubtedly the focal point and we, we, we depended on him, if not solely for the goals, for the vast majority of the goals in the team. Uh, the, the management, um, I've got a theory that the, the management of, of during the, the enforced COVID break, I went away and thought long and hard about how they're going to um, lessen the impacts of outside factors having a, a, a detrimental effect on the outcome of the season. And they've, they've probably identified the fact that the, the way the team was set up in previous seasons played into opposition managers' hands a little bit in the sense that they knew the ball was going to, was eventually going to go to Morelis. Morelis' style of play in, insofar as he would create a lot of chances on his own by his bustling style. And that, that obviously, you know, uh, worked in the favour of managers like Derek McInnes, for instance, you know, that would instruct Scott McKenna or whoever to, to noise up Alfie. And went, I'm, I'm convinced Steve and the team I went away and went like, right, how do we how do we deal with this? Effectively, when we when we retrospectively assess and appraise the seasons that we've been here, um we leave ourselves open to having almost a single point of failure, if you like. The previous seasons, maybe our defensive record hasn't been quite up to snuff. Last season, uh, the goal, when, when Alfie went off for him after the winter break, effectively the wheels came off for our season. So I'm convinced that the, the management of it, away thought about it and thought, right, we need to get some strikers. Huh? We need to get 
um, a different way of playing so we, we can completely negate the opposition manager's tactics and how they stop Rangers playing. And I think that's borne out with the, the performances. Rangers have went on a, a phenomenal run of form. Um, I cast my mind back to all the good teams I've seen in my time following Rangers. And I was saying to my dad on the phone after the game this afternoon, I kind of recall um, a, a Rangers side, a good Rangers side, a winning Rangers side that has went on such a, um, a, a run of form where, you know, six, well, easily six, seven, eight, nine, possibly ten players on the side are all performing at a tremendous level and they're doing it for such an extended period of time. The good teams like Advocates team, Walter Smith's first side, even Alec McLeish's treble winning team, a lot you could say, you know, six, seven, eight of the players all played well for periods of the season. They maybe run a, put a string of 10 games together or, you know, half a dozen games together in between cup semis and stuff like that and, and you know, kind of made a dent in the season. This Rangers side have, have put together a runner for them, which is 26, 27 games strong. And that is, you know, I've never seen a, a run like it. And where Morelis is concerned, that's, he doesn't quite, you know, he's not as intrinsic in the system and the, the way we play as he once was. And, you know, as I said in my previous answer, is that having a, a detrimental effect in his mindset? Is he unsettled with all the speculation about where he's going to be playing, etc., etc.? But um, I we've we've got a better way of playing, in my opinion. Um, as much as you know, it was exciting uh, this time last season when Alfie was banging in the goals in the Europa League. And I think he he really looks the real deal. You know, if he get better service and a better team playing at a higher level, he could be dynamite. Um, I still think he's got the potential to, to get there eventually. But the more this you know, this, this drought goes on, the more he, he, he was snatching at chances today. The, the, the phenomenal ball that, that Kamar Roof put over to him, he's just, he's, he's just off that split second, you know, that the, the, the top players need when they're on song. That just is the difference between, you know, a, a good defender, you getting a block in and him getting away and making him look like a very ordinary defender. That, that, that aspect of Alfie's game is sadly lacking at the minute, but I hope that, you know, through man management of the, the Stevie and the, the backroom team, probably Tommy Coleshaw, he, I would imagine being the, the kind of one-on-one -on -one coach, um, might have a, an important part to play in, in Alfie's um, form rehabilitation, if you like. And I just hope that he gets back on song sooner rather than later, because as I said, my, my previous answer, if Alfie starts firing uh, and we don't lose the kind of spread of goals through the rest of the team, the, the rest of the league better watch out. And for that matter, um, if you know we start really properly clicking in terms of uh, taking more chances in Europe, because we've created some smashing chances in Europe, and I mean without being hypercritical, you know players like Alfie at the very very top of their form, if they can take those chances in the way that similar manner that they did today, and uh, you know El Dragao last season that that goal against Porto, which was phenomenal, and his two headers against uh, Feyenoord, um, I think you know we could be. Uh, a serious match for, for teams that, that we get drawn against in the Europa League. Well, just looking at, you know, last season's, even, even the signings last season, and I've just got it got it up here, Jake Hastie, Jordan Jones, Stephen Davis, Greg Stewart, George, Ed, George Edmondson, Joe Rebo, Philip Hollander, Brandon Barker, Ryan Kent. So you look at that now, and the players that are making an impact in the first team would be Rebo, Hollander, Kent, Davis. When you consider the players that have been brought in this summer, you know, Roof, Bassey, um, Balligan, even Eaton to an extent, um, and I might be missing a couple there, but even McLaughlin, John McLaughlin, you know, even the the signings we've made seem to be of a higher quality and certainly a more... Um, First team level quality because I think when you when when you think of those players that are round off there, you know you're only only really looking at you know four that have made an impact out of um, you know about ten signings. So I think we've added you know well in the summer to the point where we have a much higher quality of team. Yeah, I, I, I think we've recruited well in the summer, but I I, I think it's. 
I think part of it comes back to the fact as well that, you know, when Gerard first arrived, everybody said, oh, we're going to get 55. And that was probably unrealistic. You know, Gerard has probably assessed his squad at that point and thought, right, well, this one's good enough, that one's good enough. I'll bring this in the now and, and see what it takes us. You know, and then year on year, he's identified the areas that he's needed to strengthen and, and they've done that. I don't think Rangers were in a position financially to strengthen the team to the, the point that we were able to compete straight away. And now, now I've said this before on the show that one thing you have to give Gerard credit for, he's, he's, he's part financed his, his own work in terms of what he's done in Europe. You know, So he's got his interview, uh, the Europa League group stages at the first time asking, that's obviously bringing in revenue and that allows him to go out and strengthen the team. Uh, so I, I think it's just taken two or three years to get to this point and it feels like the, the transfer window in the summer there was maybe the, the the last sort of piece of the jigsaw. You know, it's just like, okay, this is what I need in it. And as David said there earlier, you know, we, we had to extend our striking options. We were overly reliant on Morelos last year. Uh, and, and you know, and he strengthened in other areas as well. So it, it just feels like the whole plan has finally clicked. You know, that was the final part of the team that he needed to strengthen, the, the, the sort of front three. Uh, he's, he's brought in... Uh, you know, he's added sort of strength and depth in other areas. And like in the middle of the park, you know, I keep on hearing his link, you know, we're linked with Billy Gilmore through the week. You know, there's talk of uh, Wiltshire coming up, you know, and I keep on thinking, well, do we need another midfielder? But, you know, Gerard, he, he always talks about increasing competition because he feels that's what gets the best out of players. And you would have to say, based on the evidence, especially in that, that sort of middle uh, area of the park, that's what's happening. You know, I'd, as I said last week, Scott Arfield, looked like he was sort of becoming one of those sort of players that would play one in three games, comes on as a sub most weeks. You know, since we've signed the players that we signed in the summer and increased that competition in the middle of the park, Scott Arfield's performance levels have went up. So that's what it is. It's, it's, we've recruited well. We've, to me, it was part of a bigger plan and the sort of the final parts of that were, were put in place in the summer. And it's it, we're now in a position where you can say that we've got pretty much two players for for every position and two players that don't bring the performance levels down. I mean, the, the, Nathan Patterson on on Thursday night there, I thought performed very very well. You know, he's no Tav obviously, but I mean the boy's only nineteen. I don't think you could really say that Rangers looked like they were performing below par on Thursday night because Tav wasn't in the team. You know, Bassi's come in and, and deputised for, for uh, Barisic a few times now and has done very, very well. So it, it's, it's that strength and depth and, and it's we've identified the areas. Gerard goes, to me, he goes with his plan. At the end of it, he reviews it, identifies what needs to be improved, goes again, and he's done that the, the, the two, three years that he's been there. And the result is what we've got now. We've got a team that is battering everybody domestically and performing, overperforming, you could say, uh, in, in the European stage. I mean, to go through a group stage, to win the group and to go through it undefeated, especially against a, a, a team like Benfica, is, is phenomenal. So it's been a three-year plan or a two-and-a-half-year plan, and we're, we're, we're reaping the benefits of it now, I think. Just, just one other thing on that, David, that I'll, that I'll bring up. Last night, I spent a bit of time actually watching back um, a couple of games from last season, just just on the highlights on on YouTube, and um, something that struck me about certainly big big away wins we we had last season. So the the one that sticks in my mind is the four 0 victory over St Johnston that we did with Park last season. We we had we gave up around three or four, even five or six clear cut chances that day. You know, really. You know, two two chances cleared off the line, sort of stuff. Whereas in the games this season where we're winning big, we, we're suffocating teams to the to the extent that they don't have another chance all game. You know, it, it was the same today. After the half time, we we barely gave Dundee United a sniff. You know, McGregor had very little to do. What what do you think's changed there? What have you noticed that's per- perhaps changed in our defensive structure in the, in the way that we can keep teams from, from getting any sort of sniff in front of goal? I don't think there's there's been too much in terms of the, the kind of methodology of how we the team's set up. I, I think that the backs 
have always been high. Um, I definitely think that the concentration levels have uh, an this, this follows on for, from Colin's answer to the, the previous question. Um, I th recall, uh, I think it was Colin, and it may have been Ross, it may have been Stevie Clifford, we did a, a, a pod where it was on the eve of, in fact, it was in the, the night that we found out that, um, that Nikola Katic uh, had suffered his injury. And I think Colin posed the question to myself and, and the other uh, guest that night was, you know, would we go into the market for a centre-half? And I, I, I said quite unequivocally that I would be in the market for a centre-half because I, I felt that our defending maybe wasn't quite where we would want it to be. And I remember uh, it was either the following pod or a couple, you know, it was within two or three pods after that, I think it was uh, John was on and he 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 um, he mentioned about the, the statistics that we tend to uh, rubbish that opinion that, you know, we had a good defensive record. Now, obviously, the, the management of it out and so fit to, to bring in Liam Balligan. Uh, and I would be very, very surprised if him arriving, given that the, the level that he's played at previously hasn't um, improved, certainly Philip Hollander's contribution to the side. Um, and hasn't he just, you know, the, the, the kind of experience that he's got, uh, the other, um, how would you put it, the, the, the other kind of parts of his skill set in, in so far as he's got good recovery pace, he's, he reads the game well. Uh, he's, he just, I just think that an additional experienced head coming into the squad has, has managed to lift levels. Having said that, though, I think that Conor Goldson's form has definitely improved. Um, don't get me wrong, I mean, Connor gets caught occasionally, but it's, I mean, he's only human. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be human if he didn't make the odd mistake, but he's he's largely, um, I wouldn't say eradicated the mistakes of his game, but he's certainly he's significantly lessened them. So the, I think the concentration levels are up there. I think that's, that's basically the, 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 the crux of the matter. I think everyone is on the same page. We defend as a team, we attack as a team. Um, today, I mean, obviously, a couple of good corners went out of the box, and either we didn't get ahead on it to clear it, or it was, you know, maybe I didn't do United uh, attacking player just missed time the header, and it was, you know, it was there was a there was there was a couple of chances were given up, um, and obviously they scored a goal. And I think Stevie said in his his post match comments, you know, with a few um, words at, at half time with regards to what we were doing in the first half. And then, as you quite rightly say, that we come out in the second half, our, uh, our possession football took care of itself in terms of negating any kind of chances that the United had. I mean, Colin said they could have like their half, and that was, that was born out when you were watching the game. But I, I, just the, the concentration levels have went up. And obviously, if, if you go on a run of clean sheets, that breeds confidence. And... If, you, if you've got faith in what your partners are going about you're going to do and you know what they're going to do, and if, if maybe the levels just drop slightly, as you mentioned there about, uh, about goals and turning around and, and, and looking at Barris, it's as if well, he could have, you could have covered the guy coming out of the back stick a bit better. I would just interject here that I thought Barris had, had to cover two guys coming out of the back stick where he was a wee bit unsure. But see, that, thing, that, that, that kind of mindset, we're all driving each other and that just lifts the levels. And I think we're, we're seeing the we're seeing uh, the benefits of that um, that large in how we're playing. You know, the, the, the fact that we're we're, we're keeping chance uh, chances down to a minimum for the opposition. We're not shutting a lot of goals. Um, obviously, it's, it, it require a superhuman effort with the, the levels of uh, opposition that we're coming against, particularly in Europe, to keep clean sheets indefinitely. But the, the run of form we're on is is really really good, and long may it continue. And that takes us nicely on to the next topic, which is looking at the, the Europa League campaign so far, Colin. Another um, enjoyable night watching Rangers in Europe on Thursday, and it was a much-changed team, and I think everyone was quite intrigued and excited by by the team when it came out. You know, you saw Cedric Eaton on there, you saw Hadji, who we've not seen a great deal of, but those two in particular, um, 
did well, and I think it was a, a really pleasing night for for Rangers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the, the the main business was done. You know, we'd qualified. It was it was just about whether we could uh, win the group or not. And I think obviously the, the the preference would be to win the group. But Gerard, I think he was right to take the opportunity to give a few guys a wee bit of rest. You know, we've got quite a few games coming up over a, over the Christmas period. December's always a, a sort of busy month, uh, and and it's an important month because you know we could. As I said, we could extend the points next week because Celtic are playing the Scottish Cup final. If we maintain that, when we meet them on the 2nd of January, we've got the chance to further extend it. So, yeah, I think he was right to to, to, to give a few guys a, a wee breather and, and, a, and a night off. Uh, and, and it kind of fitted in to the fixture as well because the game didn't mean anything to them either. So they were obviously going to rest players. So, I mean, I've, I've said this... I think it was last week I said this... I, Stephen Gerrard, for me, in, in my lifetime, is is the most consistent uh, Rangers manager in, in in the European arena. His his record is staggering, actually, when you think about it. So I mean, you're going into I was going into that game on Thursday fairly relaxed, you know, because one, we've already qualified, and two, you, you think we can beat this team, and you know, I, I, people say it's only less positive and all the rest of it, but these are the type of games that Scottish clubs go to. And you know, come unstuck. So yeah, it's, it was it was an, it was nice to go into a European game, knowing that the hard stuff was done, uh, so we could relax a wee bit, give give a few boys a run out. I thought Big Eaton done well. I thought he, he, I, I felt from because you know I don't think he's done anything wrong. You know, there, there's times you kind of get in the team because one thing or another, the manager doesn't like here, this that, the next thing, or you're injured or whatever. But there's times you, you, you can't get in the team because the guys in front of you are just performing at such a high level. And I think that's the case. You know, Roof uh, is playing so well. And I mean, I know people are saying that Kent and Morelos aren't quite firing in all cylinders, but they're, they're still doing enough. I think Kent in particular, you know, a lot of his sort of defensive work goes kind of unnoticed. You know, he, he always puts in a shift. Uh, and when he's not creating or, or, or scoring at the other end, he's, he's, he's digging out in terms of the defensive duties. So I, I, it was hard for Eaton to get in. And, you know, it was good to see him get his chance. I, I think there's a player there. I think if we develop him, give him, you know, game time and manage him properly, that, you know, in a year or so, we, we might have a might have a ready-made replacement for Morelos if he goes in the summer, because I thought he looked uh, very good and he, and he took his goal very well. Uh, I'd actually... As an amateur striker myself, I thought he'd made the wrong decision when he went out and outside, but no, he, he took it well. And uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier on, I thought the boy Patterson done well as well. Good experience, you know, 19-year-old, playing in the Europa League. Again, we, we know it's a, not a nothing fixture, but it's a slightly meaningless fixture because all the, all the main stuff's been done. But it's still great for a boy like that to get that level of experience, you know, to get minutes uh, at that level and, and see what it's all about. And, and, and that will help in his development so it was all positives on the Thursday night. I, I can't think of any negatives off the top of my head at the moment. So, yeah, a, a great campaign. But, uh, and everyone in the club deserves credit. They've, they've done us proud. And, and, you know, given, you know, the coefficient, if we, if we can get, is it the 11th place or the 10th place or whatever it is, you know, we could be going straight in. If we win the, the, the title this year, we could be walking straight into the, the group stages of the Champions League next season, which would... Just being incredible, you know, from where we were on the European stage when Gerard arrived, that would be some journey. And obviously, in, in terms of the finances and the overall recovery of the club, it would it would just be a win-win situation. So yeah, on 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 that particular platform and the European platform, uh, they deserve nothing uh, but, but praise and credit. Just just going through some of the teams we could face now that we're in the seeded uh, side of the draw. I'll just pull out some of the, the sort of ones that piqued my interest. Braga we could face again, Red Bull Salzburg, good side, Dynamo Kiev, Olympiacos, um, we're all pal young boys, uh, Lille as well, uh, Real Sociedad. David, have you pinpointed anyone that you would like to see his face or do you think that you know, going, to, going into this, there's not really anyone we should fear there? Number one, I'm just glad to be in the draw. Um... I looked through the, the, that list that you've compiled there, David, and um, 
I guess there's a couple of ways you could look at it. You could possibly uh, identify Dynamo Kiev, given that you know, Ukraine are uh, are they currently in tenth in the coefficient table? I'm saying that. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've, that's right. we've really got to uh, hope that Shakhtar uh, don't improve the the Ukrainian coefficient any and we don't obviously want Dynamo Kiev to do that so depending how the draw goes we obviously want Dynamo Kiev to come unstuck preferably but um, I mean there's, there's good size there um, is there anybody that I would fancy uh, I if, if push came to shove I'd maybe um, the name that, 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 that kind of leaps out of me would be Mulder of Norway Having said that, I, I didn't watch any of their games um, in the, the same group. I think they were, they were in the same group as Arsenal, right in saying that. So I don't really, I've, I've not really paid that much attention to some of the, the, the potential opponents that we've got. Obviously, as you've mentioned there, our old foes in terms of Braga uh, and the young boys, you know, they're certainly not going to get any worse, you would imagine. Um, you know, I, know, I know Leicester took Braga um, Gave them a, a, a going over there. Um, Salzburg, you know, they've, they've they're backed by by decent money. Um, Wolfsburg, obviously, at the Bundesliga, and, and you've got you've got a couple of um, La Liga sides there. So, aye, there's there's no easy games, David. I think it's, it's the old cliches. You know, we, we we take one a game at a time. We've obviously got a lot of domestic stuff that we, that's you know more crucial to our season uh, coming up before. Uh, round the 32 comes up so yeah I just like to think that when it, when the time comes around that we, we just um, you know, we get past the draw on Monday and we've got something to look forward to uh, and if we go about our business as we have been of late then I think that you know we, we could well have uh, have another round to look forward to at least well, just, just, just finally on that you know Andy Halliday for one has been on record saying that he thinks we could get to, to the quarterfinals this year given how well we play in Europe and also, you know, in the back of last season we got to the last 16. When you look at the, the teams that enter or have come through the draw uh, Europa League and come down from the Champions League, you know, the likes of Spurs, Man United, Arsenal, Roma, Napoli, Leverkusen, Ajax, and also actually, and something I should have mentioned, you know, Sociedad, who we could get in the next round, they're, they're actually top of the well, league at the moment. There's a lot of good teams there, but how, how far do you think we can go? I think it's draw dependent, David. Do you know what I mean? I always think in these things, you, you look at the, the, the clubs that are left in it and you try and avoid a few of them and, and hope that other teams sort of deal with them. And the longer you're in the tournament, the more confidence you get and, and the more momentum you get. So... <clears throat> That's certainly how it felt in 2008, you know, when we got to the final. And in 92, 93 as well, when we came, you know, within a goal of getting to the Champions League final. It just felt every game gave you more confidence going into the next game. So I think that's that's what we need. So being seeded helps, you know, that gives us a better chance of getting a favourable draw. Uh, although, you know, there's there's, there's no certainties in, in, in any cup competition. You know, if you don't turn up and don't perform, then you don't go through but, you know, a favourable draw helps. It gives us a better chance of qualifying, uh, get, get, gets us into the last 16. And then I always think once you're into the last 16, you know, it's, it becomes a bit of a lottery. And as I said, you've got a bit of momentum behind you, a bit of belief. And you just never know. I mean, I, mean, I think if the draw is kind and we perform well, then I do think we can maybe go one or two more than we did last season. Uh, but... You know, you just never know. But definitely the potential is there because, as I said earlier, Gerard, uh, he knows how to navigate these games. He, he knows the European arena very well. He sets up his teams very, very well. I go into most games now on that arena confident. And that was never the case before. You know, you were always going up a level when you went into European games. So, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. And you never know, you know... Uh, <laughs> Halliday, I think he, I think he's got a point. You know, quarterfinals. I'm not saying we'll definitely get there, but if we get a favourable draw and we play well and we play to our potential, then you just never know where this will take us. You know, we've seen it in the past, 2008, we got to the final. So, 
uh, here's hoping they can produce something similar and, and get us into the sort of latter stages. Because again, finances, you know, I think I saw something the other day, they're saying it was, you know, an extra few million for, for, for getting out of the group stages. So I'm pretty sure it'll be the same once you get past every round, it's, it increases the, the prize money. So yeah, all positive and uh, looking forward to it. Well, all that's left is for me to thank Colin and, and David for joining me tonight. Um, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe to the, the podcast and like us on social media. Previous episodes and tonight's show are available to listen to all, sorry, to listen to and all the usual platforms from Monday, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox and whatever else um, you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks again for joining us and until next time, goodbye.